Good morning, guys. We are super happy you're here. How many of you have things that make you angry in life? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all do. I was thinking through a list of things this week that tend to make people angry. One of them that came to mind was a slow internet connection. Oh my gosh, how many guys have been there? You've clicked on a link or an app on your phone and you just see that loading bar going across and it's taken forever. And you're like, this is the age of fiber internet. Why does it still feel like dial up? And you're getting mad at a computer, an inanimate object. You're like yelling at it, cursing at it under your breath. And it doesn't make any difference because the computer doesn't know that you're mad at it. Yep, I have definitely been there before. Maybe uh, you don't get so worked up over, you know, slow internet connections, but maybe morning people drive you crazy. How many of you guys, you just get triggered by morning people? Yep. You know the ones I'm talking about? They walk in and they're like, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. You're like, I will punch you in the face if you don't stop singing right now. It is too early for that. Maybe morning people are what trigger you. How about airports? Anybody get a little angry when you go to the airport? Yes, me too. I experienced that firsthand this weekend. I went on a little trip with some of our team members down to Portland. We had an awesome time. And on the way back, we had a two-hour layover in Seattle. That turned into a 16-hour layover in Seattle. You better believe I wanted to punch some people in the throat. I mean, it was not a pleasant experience. And I normally have a pretty good control on my temper, but I just felt my blood pressure rising a little bit when I was there. I mean, the point is this. Every single one of us have things in life that make us a little mad, that trigger our anger, things that push our buttons and at times cause us to lose our temper. It's just part of living in a world full of dummies, isn't it? Like, they're just people and things will make you mad at some point. In fact, anger is such a normal and natural part of our daily experience that when Facebook decided it was going to give you five emotional reactions with which you could respond to anything that anybody said online, one of the ones they gave you was Anger. And anger is the fourth most often used uh, reaction on Facebook, by the way. So, like, it's not a small part of our daily experience. But anger is not always funny, is it? No, it's not always the most entertaining or fun thing to be around. I mean, you probably know people in your life whose primary emotion seems to be anger, don't you? Maybe you are one of those people. It's like you're a pot that's always on simmer, right? It's like your anger and frustration is just below the surface. It's always bubbling, and at any moment, it's ready to boil over. How many of you guys know folks like that? It might be your boss, could be your spouse, could be a friend, might be the idiot tailgating you in traffic. You never know. They're just people who always spill out anger. Now, in my experience, people tend to deal with anger in one of two ways. People either tend to be spewers or stuffers when it comes to anger. Do you know the difference? If somebody's a spewer when it comes to anger, when they get mad, everybody around them knows it, right? They're the ones who give full vent to their feelings, and they will tell you that you're a dummy, and they are not happy with what you've done. They're the people who shout, and their face gets red, and they get that vein going across their forehead. You know who I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Those are spewers, but we also have people who are stuffers, and when stuffers get mad, they don't let it show. 
They just kind of quash it down and for the sake of keeping the peace in the office or the home or wherever they might be, or because they really need people to like them, they will never let you know that they are angry. Now, here's the thing about stuffers, because you can all look at, at spewers and say, oh, that's bad. You know, you shouldn't just let your rage go on the people around you. It would be better if we were all stuffers. No, it wouldn't be. Because the thing about stuffers is they're still mad. They're just stuffing it down. And what ends up happening is, although sometimes it will boil over, stuffers tend to have another problem altogether. If you're a stuffer, you tend to get resentful because you are mad. You're frustrated with something or someone, but because you never talk about it, because you never let it out, because that's not what a good Christian would do, then all of a sudden you find yourself over the course of weeks or months or years hating that thing or that person. You can even become quite depressed and downcast because you've been stuffing all of your anger, all of the emotions that you're feeling. I mean, spewers force their anger outward, right? Stuffers bring their anger in and just kind of push it down. Now, whether you're a, a spewer or a stuffer, and I'm not going to have you raise your hands because that might be a little embarrassing, but whether you're a spewer or a stuffer, you know that at its worst, anger can be incredibly destructive, can't it? I mean, anger at its worst, it can become rage. It can lead to violence, abuse in some cases. If left unchecked, Anger is one of the most destructive forces on our planet, and we would all agree with that. Some of you have been told your biggest hang-up, the biggest thing you need to work on in your life is your temper, and that may be true. You honestly might need to work on your temper. That may be the thing that you need to address most in your life, and so what happens is we live in this world that says, okay, anger can be destructive. And it's not great to shoot it out, and it's not great to stuff it inward. And so in our world, we are usually and typically told that the way you and I should deal with the anger we feel on a regular basis is to just give it up. Just let it go. Anything that angers you or upsets you, just be calm as a cucumber. Let it roll like, you know, off your back, like water off a duck's back. Just don't get upset about anything in the world, right? That's easier said than done, isn't it? How many of you guys know it is tough to get a control on your temper sometimes? For some of us, it's harder than others, that's for sure. It is a hard thing to corral anger when it first pops up, and it only gets harder the more we let our anger out and fester. Some of you want to control your anger. Your wife has said, you better control your anger or we're going to have a serious talk. Or your boss has said, hey, lady, we love you and you do a good job, but if you don't start popping off at people around the office, we're going to have to let you go. You've been told you need to deal with your anger and you want to deal with your anger, but you don't know where to start. How do you get control of a basic emotion? I mean, something that seems to happen to you, you don't choose to be angry, it just bubbles up and boils over. What are you supposed to do with that? If you struggle with an anger problem, or if somebody around you struggles with an anger problem, this morning is going to be a game changer for you. I really believe this morning has the power to help you view anger in a totally different light than you may have ever looked at it before. It has the power to help you corral it and force it, control it in a specific direction, to leverage it rather than simply trying to get rid of it, to let go, which as we'll see is pretty well impossible. We're on week two of this series we're calling All the Feels. And last week we talked about the emotion of joy and happiness and how those two things are different and how 
Ultimately, God wants you to live a life full of joy. This morning, we're going to be talking about anger from a biblical perspective. And you think, my guess is you probably think that you know what the Bible is going to say on the subject of anger. You could probably just outline some brief thoughts, even if you're not very familiar with the Bible. But you're going to be super surprised at what the scripture has to say on the subject of anger. So let's dive right in, shall we? We're going to read one little verse this morning. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six words. I probably should have been able to count that faster. That was embarrassing. Um, I had to use my fingers to count six words. This tiny verse, these six words, can be a game changer for some of you. The scripture says this, Ephesians chapter number four, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Simple, short. Like some of you have gone to eight weeks of court-mandated anger counseling, you know, and you didn't get much out of it. I'm telling you, these six words are more powerful than you can possibly imagine just reading them at first blush. So first things first that we learn about controlling anger here from Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Some of you might be surprised to hear this. Anger is not a sin. Did you know that? From a biblical perspective, anger is not a sin. If I would have interviewed you, you know, um, or if you'd taken a survey or something and somebody said, what do you think about anger? Do you think God is for anger or against it? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Is it uh, sinful or not sinful? Nearly everybody's gonna say, oh no, anger's terrible. It's a bad thing. It's a sin. I would check that it's a sin. But I want you to notice the scripture does not say, don't be angry. It doesn't say, if you're a Christian, you should never, ever get upset about anything. Jesus didn't get mad about anything and neither should you. It doesn't say that. It does not say anywhere in the Bible that anger in and of itself is wrong or sinful or evil or bad. Cover to cover, you can read the scripture and you won't find anything in there that says anger is a sin. In fact, in Ephesians 4, the verse we just read, it says, when you're angry, do not sin. The scripture makes a very subtle but important distinction between the two. It says you can be angry and not sin. That means that anger is not in and of itself sinful. It's not a bad thing. You may have gone to churches and the idea that you got from hearing messages or reading different parts of the Bible is like, oh, I'm never supposed to be angry about anything. But that's not what the scripture says. Anger is not bad, but the Bible is very clear. The results of anger can be bad if your anger is unhealthy or if it's directed in an unhealthy way. Look, if, if merely feeling anger is wrong, then every one of us are in deep doo-doo because every single day we experience frustration on one end, you know, just like mild annoyance, all the way through to complete outrage. I'm telling you, when I was sitting at the airport in Seattle and they said, attention passengers, flight number 210 has been canceled, I was outraged. I mean, I was mad. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I gotta get back. I gotta preach at church, you know? I was upset. And if in that moment, even just experiencing anger was a sin, then I'm in trouble because it tends to creep up out of nowhere. And it is very hard to control. Like, do you realize that the way your brain works, emotions, whatever those emotions are, they happen in a very deep part of the brain. 
Do you realize that? A part of the brain that is like reactionary, and at first at least, you don't have immediate control over it. It's the front parts, the higher functioning parts of your brain that kick in and say, calm down, Dan, you're gonna get on a flight eventually, they'll get you back to Calgary, all right? Relax, dude. It's the higher parts of your brain. But there is always a gap. I don't care if you're a pastor, I don't care if you're the Dalai Lama, it doesn't matter, there's always going to be a gap between the moment you first experience frustration, anger, being mad, and when you're finally able to control it. Now, if that moment, that experience and feeling, emotion of anger is sinful, then pretty much all of us are sinful all of the time, which is true, but for different reasons, all right? The scripture does not say that anger is wrong. It's what you do with the anger that matters. It's how you express your anger day to day that God wants you to think about, all right? We also know that anger is not a sin because when you read the scripture, we find over and over again in the Bible that God himself gets angry. How many of you guys knew that? We've read a few of those verses recently. You may have seen some of them and been been freaked out by them, wondering like, oh, what does this mean? God gets angry. But in truth, the Bible tells us that God gets angry over certain things. Now, I don't have time to kind of fully unpack this, but let me encourage you. We did a series back in April called Four Things I Wish You Knew About God. And we spent two weeks talking about why the Bible would say God gets angry and what it is that God might get angry about. So if you're curious and you want to know, go back and listen to those. They're on on our website, you can check those out, and we do a deep dive on some of these scriptures in which God says that he gets angry. But I'll put one up here just so you can get kind of a, a frame of reference for what the scripture says. Romans chapter number uh, 1, verse 18. The Bible says this, God shows his anger from heaven against all sin and evil. God even will express anger against people who will suppress the truth with their wickedness. Now look, that's just one of many verses. And as a Christian, my temptation is to kind of hide those verses. I want to not tell you about those verses and hope you don't ever crack open the Bible and discover them for yourself because it makes God seem kind of mean, doesn't it? Why is it that God would be angry? And the problem is that you and I have a wrong picture of God's anger. See, when I hear that God is angry, I start thinking about the people in my life who are spewers, the ones who get triggered over the, the easiest, smallest little thing, and they just blow up. And I'm like, whoa, maybe God's a jerk. Like, if his anger is like that, and the people I know who do that are kind of jerks, then uh, maybe that's not a great picture of God. Or maybe as you're reading this, you think about the stuffers you know. Maybe it was your mom or a sister or somebody like that. And, and it's like you're afraid that God is just dealing with it, dealing with it. He's gritting his teeth, and then one day he's going to let it all go because he can't take it anymore. Maybe when you think about anger and you hear that God gets angry, you assume it's over petty things, you know? Like, uh, don't ever join the community Facebook group in your neighborhood, don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Because you'll see people getting raged that some random person let a dog poop in their front yard. And yeah, that's annoying, no doubt. But I mean enraged over a little bit of dog waste in their yard. 
And so you hear the scriptures, you read the scriptures, and they say, God gets angry. And you start thinking, well, uh, if God is anything like the people that I know, he gets angry over stupid things, and he just stuffs it down until he can't take it anymore, and then he lays the hammer on people. And you say to yourself, I don't want any part of that God. I don't want to deal with that sort of thing. And I understand. But can I tell you, that's the wrong way to understand God's anger. God does not get angry over petty things. Hey, you get angry over traffic. God gets angry over human trafficking. There are things that frustrate you, and there are things that enrage God. And I'll just tell you, there isn't a whole lot of overlap between the two. I was doing some reading this week, and and this article I was reading from the United Nations said that there are 30 million sons and daughters of God that are available to be purchased as slaves around the world as forced labor or forced sexual slaves. 30 million people. How many people are in the country of Canada? Pretty close. And this is the reality we live in. Now that, you, you hear that and you're sad. You're like, oh man, that, that stinks. But let's be real. You and I don't really care. We don't really care about that. Sure, it bothers us, but we're not angry with it. You got more angry over traffic on Deerfoot than you did hearing that statistic. You're going to forget it by the time you go to lunch. God gets angry over deep stuff, big stuff. God gets angry over the fact that a city government in Flint, Michigan, decided they were going to save $100,000 by poisoning 100,000 people. That's the sort of stuff that God seems to get angry about. God gets angry that there are idiots in Evanston, the community that I live in, that go around at night and break into vehicles. He gets angry about that, just like I do, just like the people on our community Facebook page. He gets angry about that. But can I also tell you that God gets angry about us middle-class suburbanites who don't recognize that we're complicit, we're part of the problem because we've created a culture in which people have to go around and break into cars, or at least they believe they do. See, God is angry, but he's angry about evil. He's angry about wrongdoing. He's not angry about the stupid, petty inconveniences that tend to get you and I upset day to day. This is why... It makes no sense at all for people to say, well, Dan, I don't believe in a God of anger. I only believe in a God of love. And if you're going to tell me that your God gets angry, then I want nothing to do with him because the God I believe in is only ever loving. He's never angry at all. But that does not make logical sense, you guys. It doesn't make any sense at all. A God who never gets angry over abuse, and injustice, and evil in our world, he cannot be loving. You realize that, right? Can you picture a husband who doesn't get upset over the fact that his wife got passed over for a job just because she was a woman? And he's like, eh, oh well, no big deal. No, if you love your wife, you recognize how unfair that is. You're like, come on, that's not right. We need to do something about that. I'm gonna send an email, right? Can you picture a parent who doesn't go mama bear when she finds out that her little kids are being bullied day in and day out by older kids at school. A mom who said, ah, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. You'd say, do you even love your kids? Seriously, he's getting beat up every day and you're not gonna do anything about it? Anger is the appropriate response when someone we love is threatened or harmed. 
Anger is the appropriate response when somebody we love is threatened or harmed. Now, go back to what the scripture tells us. God loves everybody. And he loves them more deeply than you or I. And so when his people are threatened and harmed, when they suffer evil and injustice, you better believe God gets angry over it. Hey, some of you have suffered severely in your life. You've been abused. You've been taken advantage of. I want you to know God is angry over that situation. He's not like, eh, what are you going to do? He's not calm as a cucumber. He is angry that stuff like that happens in our world. So there is this anger that is good and godly. There is also anger that is bad and ungodly and unhealthy. And I want to explain to you the difference here. Unhealthy anger says, I'm not getting my way. But healthy anger says God's not getting his way. Unhealthy anger is about me. It's about whether or not I'm happy. It's about whether or not my life is comfortable. But unhealthy, I mean, rather healthy anger is all about the people around me and what God wants to see accomplished in the world. This is why the biblical theology and understanding of anger is so important and why it has so much power to transform you and our world. Because the world tells you anger is bad and you need to get rid of it. And it would be a wonderful place if nobody ever got angry at all. And yet when you read in the scripture, there are things that you and I should be angry about. There are things that should upset us to our deepest core. Those are the things that upset God. And those are the things that we should deal with. So I don't care where this idea comes from. I don't care who you hear it from that, oh, you know, you should never be angry about anything and real Christians don't ever get upset and angry. And, you know, if you want to be this type of person, you can't get angry about it. That's not true. That is not true. That's not, what the, that's not what the Bible calls us to. Anger is not a sin. God gets angry and he doesn't sin. The question, the issue, the problem that you and I need to deal with is we've got to decide whether or not the anger that we're expressing on a daily basis is healthy anger or unhealthy anger. Am I getting my way or is God getting his way? Am I upset because I'm not getting my way or am I upset because God, goodness, righteousness, truth, light is not winning out in our world? All right, confession time. I started tracking my anger over the last two weeks. I was like, okay, what are the things that are ticking me off? Because I knew this message was coming up, and you know, my wife will be the first person to tell you that, yeah, sometimes, Dan, you've got a bit of a temper. You need to deal with that. And so I started thinking, okay, what are the things that I see making me upset day in and day out? Number one on my list, Sobeys ran out of my favorite flavor of ice cream. And I stood there in front of the freezer section, and like, they had my brand, And they had every other flavor eight deep on the shelf. And there's this big empty hole where mint chocolate chip should be. And I'm like, come on, you guys. Clearly mint chocolate chip is the best ice cream. Can't you just order twice as much of that and half of something else? And I was angry. And I'm like, seriously? You're actually angry at an empty shelf of ice cream. There are six other flavors of mint chocolate chip there, Dan. You could have any of those, but you're upset because this one happens to be empty. I got upset because it snowed. I got mad. 
like actually mad. It is September. We don't have summer for another like 10 days. I mean, uh, fall for another 10 days. It's ridiculous that it would be snowing already, right? I found myself getting angry over the weather. I got angry. I'm telling you, I kept a list. I've got the notes on my phone. I got angry because the new generation of iPhone is not a big enough iteration for me. I got mad about that. (laughs) Stupid Apple, are you kidding me? They're going to charge me that much money for a new phone? I got got anger problems and so does somebody else. Um, Yeah, seriously. Then I was like, okay, what about the anger around me? What sort of anger am I seeing in the world around me? And so I did what I just told you not to do. You know, I was looking at our community Facebook pages. And, um, you know, the, the big thing that's got people all up in arms right now, it's not the Olympic bid, believe it or not. At least that's not what I saw when I was looking over the past few days. You know what was really angering people in the city of Calgary right now? The government is considering a proposal to drop residential speed limits by 20 kilometers an hour. And people are enraged. I mean, mad, all caps typing, you know? They are upset. Here's what I noticed. The vast majority of everything I seem to be getting angry about, the vast majority of everything that other people are getting angry about, it's this unhealthy type of anger. We're just pissed because we're not getting our way. Life isn't going the way we want it to. We're frustrated and inconvenienced, and so we get real mad over it. Meanwhile, there is actual evil in my neighborhood, and if I'm real frank, I don't care. You don't care, because if we cared, we would do something about it. We get this unhealthy anger, and that's why anger gets a bad name, because that's all anybody ever sees. But there are things from a godly, biblical, Christian perspective that we absolutely should be angry about. So let me give you a few practical ways that you can deal with unhealthy anger, okay? If you find yourself like me and like pretty much everybody else, you've got this unhealthy anger that just boils up and it spews out or you have to stuff it back down. If you've got this unhealthy anger, here are some things that you can do that will genuinely make a difference in your life. First one, you gotta confess it. You have got to confess it. If you don't acknowledge it, you can never change it. The scripture tells us here in Proverbs chapter number 28, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. The Bible tells us over and over and over again, God is not angry with us for the fact that we make mistakes or we sin or our temper gets the better of us or we choose the wrong thing. What God is looking for is whether or not we're gonna repent, whether or not we're gonna turn, whether or not we're gonna try differently next time through his power. The scripture tells us every time we confess, we receive forgiveness and we receive healing. That's what's available when you confess it. But as long as you continue to say, I don't have an anger problem, I don't have anything I need to deal with, then you cannot progress, you cannot get better, you cannot change what you will not acknowledge. And I mean, some of you really need to address this because I've had conversations with your spouses and I know how easy it is to blow your top and to give full vent to the people that you're closest to. I know that because I battle the same things. And if we don't address it, for many of us, Anger poses a bigger threat to our marriage and families than lust or greed or any other number of vices. If you don't address this, if you won't confess it, 
If you won't pray through it, if you won't receive help for it, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse, and you may find yourself in a situation you don't want to be in. It'll certainly sabotage your relationship with God. Because when we get angry because our needs, as we perceive them, are not being met, then who are we ultimately going to be angry at? We're angry at God. I was mad at God because he made it snow. I'm like, well, you're in charge of the weather here. (laughs) And that sabotages my relationship because it's very hard to have a relationship with somebody who's angry, right? And so if you're angry with God, it's not that it's hard for you to have a relationship with God. It's hard for God to have a relationship with you. You won't listen, okay? You've got to confess it. If you don't, it will prevent you from accomplishing everything that God wants you to. You have to understand, angry people don't generally accomplish good things in the world. Angry people can accomplish big things. They can do big things, but they can't do genuinely good things. And in God's kingdom, good things are always better than big things. You don't have to do big things, but if you will confess your anger, you will be able to start doing good things. And that may not seem like a big deal, but I promise you, in the way God works, in his kingdom and in his economy, good things are always better than big things. You've got to confess it. I mean, seriously, you need to confess it to God, to your spouse, to your kids, to your boss. You need to go in and say, hey, I have really not done a great job with this, and I'm sorry. I'm acknowledging it. I'm going to try to do better with God's help. Confess it. There are some verses here that I just want to put on the screen. I want you to kind of, I don't know, take a picture of them, read them, post them on your you know, computer screen, something, okay? Uh, the scripture says here, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. The Bible says human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. That's pretty practical. Like if you can train yourself to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, your marriage will be better. Your office will be better. Your kids will enjoy being around you more if you can train yourself to do those things. Proverbs 29 tells us fools, fools give full vent to their anger, but the wise hold back. There are going to be times you want to say things, and that's foolish. If you can hold back, you will start to develop and express wisdom that has the power to change things around you. Romans chapter number 12 tells us this. Dear friends, never take revenge. Because some of you guys are like, you don't get it. This idiot at my job, he deserves it. No, the Bible says never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge, and I will repay evil, says the Lord. God sees what you're going through. And he not only gives you the power to not respond in kind, but he also promises that he is going to make things right in a way that you never can. No matter what you've experienced, no matter what you're angry about, whether it's really tiny or huge and justified, the promise of God, your heavenly father who is always good and who always loves you, is that he will make even those things right. So you have to confess it. You got to work on it. You need to channel it. You need to channel the anger that you have every single day. Can I show you something? And this is the thing that flipped this verse on its head. The first time I heard that anger wasn't a sin, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's helpful. Can I tell you the thing, though, that really just blew my mind when I saw this verse and understood it correctly? The phrase be angry is a command in the Bible. 
the way it's written in the English, or the original language, sorry, Greek, it's not like, now when you get angry, don't be, don't sin. Don't, don't say or do something you might regret. No. It literally says, be angry and don't sin. Two commands. Be angry, don't sin. It is written as a command. There are things in our world that as Christians, we have got to start getting upset about. We have got to start getting, we are fighting the wrong battles. We're angered about the wrong things. We're busy posting about stupid stuff on Facebook and God's like, I'm not worried about that. Why should you be? Let's focus on the real problems in our city. Let's focus on the real issues in our neighborhoods. Be angry, but be angry about the right things. Express and demonstrate healthy anger, not selfish, petty anger. Let's get angry about the fact that our world is full of darkness instead of light. Let's be angry about the fact that God is not getting his good and perfect way in our cities. Let's be angry about the fact that there are billions of people that spend their entire lives and they die believing that God hates them. Let's get angry about that sort of stuff. It shouldn't just be like, ah, oh, it's too bad. No, you should be hitting the, the red-faced reaction on that. Ah, I can't stand it, and I'm gonna do something about it. Listen, you shouldn't spew your anger out, at least if you hope to stay married. You shouldn't stuff your anger down if you expect to be emotionally healthy. And you shouldn't just give your anger up as if nothing really matters. There are things that matter. And instead of putting anger out or anger in or anger up, you should put anger under control. You should corral that energy, that upset feeling, that motivation to make a difference in the world and channel it in a way that actually does. So let me ask you, what injustice do you see in your world? Like students, if you're a young person, you're in school, it doesn't matter what grade or stage of school, like what injustices do you see around your campus? What is wrong? What is evil? What needs to be dealt with? And if not you, who's going to do it? You should be angry that kids are being bullied. Or you should be angry that this or that. There are so many things worth getting upset over. Don't waste your time over petty, stupid stuff. Who cares? None of it's going to matter in 10 years. Focus on the stuff that will matter for eternity. Adults, what's going on in your home that you should be angry about? What's going on in your office? And you're like, this is wrong. It's an injustice. It's something that needs to be addressed. And I'm telling you, God has authorized you to do something. Now, don't be weird. <laughs> don't break any laws. Don't push everybody away. You're not throwing hand grenades just to blow things up because you think it's wrong. But if there is something that is near and dear to the heart of God, that is people, and people are suffering, you have the ability to make a difference if you can channel and leverage your anger over that situation. Last thing. You should consider Jesus. You should consider Jesus. You should consider Jesus when you're thinking about your anger. Because this is what the scripture says, 1 Peter chapter number 2. God has called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. The Bible says he never, see, he never sinned nor deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. He did not threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case to God, who always judges fairly. Jesus was not angry that he had to suffer. Jesus was angry that the world around him was suffering. And so that motivated him to action. Jesus was not angry that he had to die. 
He was angry over the fact that every person he saw was spiritually dead and disconnected from God. And so that motivated him to action. But our Savior, our example, he didn't respond in an unhealthy way. He didn't respond to anger with more anger. Because the answer to unhealthy anger is not more unhealthy anger. James 1 told us, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Instead, the answer to the anger in your heart and in the world around us is love and sacrifice. That has the power to change the world. Jesus proved it. If you follow his example, you will too. Because there is destructive anger. And we've all seen and experienced that. But there is also constructive anger. You can build something in the world if you get angry about the things that God gets angry about and decide to do something about it.